Hello and welcome to this morning's reflection from Christ Church, Selly Park in Birmingham. Let's start this time together with a prayer. Loving, embracing, inspiring God, thank you for my brothers and sisters at Christ Church. Thank you for the ones that make me laugh, for the ones who lift my spirit when I feel down, for the ones I long to talk to when I'm excited because I know they will reflect my excitement back. Thank you for the ones honest enough to show me their weakness, their troubles and their doubts. Thank you for the ones who teach me, who challenge me and who make me think. Thank you for the ones who don't really like me, who don't really get me or who struggle with my sense of humour, but who love me just the same. Thank you for the ones I don't understand, for the ones I don't relate to, because in loving them and in getting to know them, I am enriched and blessed. Thank you for the loud, for the quiet, for the extroverts and the introverts, for those who stand at the front and for those who serve from the back, for those who lead with confidence and for those who follow with humility for those who share their joy, for those who hide their pain, and for those who can't. Thank you for the rich blessings of your church. Bring us together physically soon, I beg, that together we might work for your glory and for the good of all. I ask this in the name of him after whom this fellowship was named, your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. The reading is from Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. The armour of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
a young man walked into church to attend a wedding. And uh, the usher said to him, are you on the groom's side or the bride's side? Oh, very excited. He said, are we going to be seeing a fight? I don't know whether you uh, fancy a fight, but uh, whether you like it or not, we're in one. We're in a battle. And when you're in a battle, you need three things. You need to know your enemy. You need to know your orders. And you need to know your weapons. Know your enemy. Uh, it's said that during the um, Desert War, during the Second World War, Monty, in his caravan, had over his desk a, a photograph of Erwin Rommel, his enemy. He was determined to get into his mind to understand the one who was coming against him. You will remember, maybe, uh, a few weeks ago, when we were looking at chapter 2, I had a look at the triumvirate of evil, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, we haven't time, therefore, to spend too long on this, but I just want to look at three of the tactics of the devil so we understand we know our enemy. And three S's to help you remember, I hope. Subtlety, siege, surprise. Subtlety. The devil dresses himself up, says Jesus, as all sorts of things like an angel of light or a father of lies. He gets you to believe that what is evil is good and what is good is evil. And we have to be aware to stand against the devil's schemes, says Paul in our reading in Ephesians 6. If you want to know what his subtle stratagems are, there is no better book for me to recommend to you than C.S. Lewis's old book, The Screwtape Letters, which I've read so many times, and I guess many of you have, but I recommend it to you if you haven't. It's a series of letters written by a senior devil to a junior devil and uh, telling him, uh, giving him tips on how to catch Christians out. Subtlety. Secondly, siege. In the fifth chapter of his first letter, Peter says the devil is like a roaring lion seeking to devour us. This isn't subtle at all. This is all-out attack. And sometimes when you're going through it, a time of prolonged testing or temptation, you can feel maybe that you must be a real failure if you're experiencing such a time of testing. But actually it can be the very opposite. No sign of failure at all. Because, of course, the devil has invented this phrase we know very well, let sleeping dogs lie. If you and I are asleep, if you and I are not seeking to follow God and not terribly bothered, uh, he'll let us be. But if we're seeking to obey God and to walk with him, then we become the targets of his attacks. Siege gun tactics. Subtlety, siege, and finally, surprise. The devil sometimes attacks at the time we least expect it. Out of a clear blue sky come these flaming arrows that Paul talks about. Take, for example, Elijah, who's beaten the prophets of Baal, 450 of them on Mount Carmel. Wonderful victory. And yet in a couple of days later, we're saying, I want to die. He's saying to the Lord, what on earth happened? Well, the Lord tells him, look, you're tired, you're emotionally drained, you're worn out. Go and have a good sleep and I'll get you some food. And sometimes 
you and I will be attacked when we're at our weakest. Sometimes it can be in the middle of the night in the darkness, can't it? And uh, we are vulnerable uh, to those surprise attacks. Subtlety, siege and surprise. But fear not, he can be defeated. So what are we to do? Well, we have to remind ourselves, first of all, as well as we're knowing our enemy, that we're not alone in this fight. We have enlisted in the Lord's army. We are side by side with others. In fact, in uh, part of this passage, Paul sounds almost like, uh, almost Churchillian in the way he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. You can almost hear him saying it, can't you? We are in this battle together in his army. And as well as knowing your enemy, you have to know your orders. And there are three orders for us in the Lord's army. Strategic retreat, unyielding defence, and all-out attack. Strategic retreat. Fall back, we hear. Where? Be strong in the Lord. You see, you and I have no strength of our own to fight this battle. If we try to take the devil on on our own, we're a sitting ducks. If a soldier gets cut off from his battalion, he's had it. And you and I need to stick close to the Lord and close to the other soldiers in his army. Be strong in the Lord, the name of the Lord. You remember that uh, old song we've sung many times, no doubt. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are saved. We may have been perhaps a little embarrassed with having to do the actions, but uh, there's a real truth there. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Be strong in the Lord. And we, uh, to be so, we have to obey the commander's orders. I was so helped by what Susan had to say to us a couple of weeks ago when she was doing that difficult passage in Ephesians chapter 5, which begins with these words, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the real building block on which a, an army marches. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You'll begin by reverence for Christ. You'll begin by submitting to the leader. And then we submit to the ones he has put in sub-leadership, if you like, over us. And then we submit to one another side by side in the battle because we need one another. Not for the first time I've been asked to be involved in helping a church in the diocese that's got itself in a bit of a mess with toxic relationships. And as I've sat and listened to stories from, from people, uh, it becomes very evident to me that one of the real problems that church has got is that people will not submit to each other. There are too many who like power and control and it's causing all sorts of problems. And the more I hear that sort of thing, and I've been involved with a number of churches down the years in the diocese in seeking to bring reconciliation, the more I realized how privileged we are, brothers and sisters, at Christ Church, that we don't have power-hungry people 
we have a whole load of people who have servant hearts and are giving themselves in service to their brothers and sisters. That's a beautiful thing, and it's made and done by, forged out by the Lord. But as such, we must never take it for granted because it can disappear as quickly as it comes. Be certain of this, that if we seek to continue to obey Jesus, to walk with him, to seek to serve one another, there's one who does not like that and he will have a go. So we need to obey the commander's orders to submit to one another. Secondly, after a strategic retreat comes unyielding defense. In order to, to do that, in order to be able to stand, that's the big word that Paul uses a number of times, stand against all that the devil brings to you. Well, you need to put your armor on and all of it's needed, every single bit. And if you leave one piece off, then you're vulnerable in that area. And when you'll notice that uh, in this list of the armor, there's no armor for the back because he's assuming we will not turn our back on the enemy. We will stand and face him. We're not running away. And uh, we haven't time, sadly, to look at all the armour properly. Each bit needs reflection of its own, really, but just a reminder of them. The belt of truth, that's the thing that holds everything together, the belt. You will know the truth, says Jesus, and the truth will set you free. Living a life of integrity in public and in private, because you're living in the truth. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that you are right with the Lord. You, In Christ, you are right with God. You've submitted to him, and therefore you're able to resist the devil. And then, of course, we've got for the feet, the boots of the gospel of peace. And uh, you need uh, a strong footwear, to be able to stand and not to slip around. And that means that you're sure of what you believe. You're sure of the facts of the gospel. You're able to stand and then you're able to move and share them with others. Fourthly, the shield of faith. Now, the shield to the Roman soldier was not a little thing that you held in your hand when you were on a horse. It was a huge, great thing that covered the whole body. I mentioned the, the flaming darts a moment ago. What would happen when out of the clear blue sky the enemy launched a volley of flaming arrows? All the, the soldiers with their huge shields would line up together, one line kneeling, another line behind standing, and all put their shields in, fully in front of them. So the whole area was covered and the, the flaming arrows had no way of hitting their target, the shield of faith. That is, I'm trusting that what God says is true. Five, the helmet of salvation. I know I'm whom I have believed, and it covers the mind. I think clearly in the battle. I know where I'm going. But then there is, all of that is helping you in defense. But the third order from our commander after a strategic retreat and unyielding defense is thirdly all-out attack and for that we need the last piece of armor which is the sword the sword of the spirit which is the word of god it's the one attacking weapon we have and just as jesus used it so forcefully in the wilderness when he was tempted and recorded in matthew 4 and three times tempted by the devil, three times he replied, it is written, you are wrong, 
Satan. Uh, what you're saying is wrong. You're twisting the word. Uh, what God says is right. And the devil left him. We know how to, we need to know our scriptures and we need, need to know how to use them offensively in the battle. But Paul finishes, of course, with one other weapon, if you like, and it's in verse 18. Undergirding all that, he says, praying at all times in the spirit. All of that has to be bathed in prayer. And we're expecting that God will answer and help us in the battle. A missionary received a letter from a little girl whose Sunday school class had been writing to foreign missionaries. Evidently, the teacher uh, had told them that real missionaries are quite busy and may not have time to answer their letters. That was evident because the one this missionary received said simply, Dear Mr Smith, we are praying for you. We are not expecting a reply. But we are. Are we not, brothers and sisters? And so let's bring this part to a close with a prayer taken from the last two verses of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ grant peace and love with faith to us, his children. And may his grace rest on all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Amen. <laughs>